This is Harriet Kamak, the host of Down to Earth, the show in which we talk about the issues that matter. And today on our show, I want to talk with you about if God be for us. I just feel like this is a special time. And this is a time in history when we need the reassurance that the creator, the divine, is with us. There's so many things going on right now in our world. There's so many uncertainties. We're looking at each other. And as we look across the networks, as we look across our social networks, as we look across the networks of family and the network of friends, as we look, we can't help but notice that we are all suffering from a malaise a mental malaise. It's kind of like an uncertainty, like we're waiting for the next boot to drop. We're waiting for the next ball to drop. No matter what we do to reassure ourselves that we have survived, that we who remain and are alive today have come through the coronavirus, have come through the pandemic, the epidemic, the pandemic, the tridemic. We've come through economic uncertainty. We've come through political, social unrest, social uncertainty. No matter what the issues are, we're still looking at one another and we're still saying, is it done? Is it over? I can't help but notice that it's like something eating away at us, like, mm, I'm not feeling that all is well. I'm not feeling that everything is okay. Where it's almost as if what is around the corner? Is there something else that we should know? Because or we have been jolted. And yes, it is true because we watched as the coronavirus was done, they came up with a vaccine and we thought surely we're going to get back to normal. And boom, there it went, a war in Ukraine, boom, inflation, boom, wars and wars and rumors of wars, political uncertainty resulting in prime ministers just lasting for six weeks in Britain. And then the political uncertainty in the United States, you look at what happened in Germany, you look at France. And you're like, if the major world powers are experiencing this, then how are other countries coping? We look amongst our family members and we realize that they're marching on home. So we thought that maybe it's our parents or grandparents, maybe their time on the earth, we can accept that. We don't like it. We don't agree with it. We want them to remain. But then our younger family members, our sons, daughters, nieces, nephews, our friends, children, One of the hardest things in life is to stand over the burial of a child. It is painful to watch. And so with all these uncertainties and all the economic realities that we face with big tech and the brotherhood of big tech just shelving people and just firing people indiscriminately as if people are nobodies, exploiting people. We're going to pray in just a minute for all those folks who have been displaced as a result of job loss and the economic uncertainties that purvey out of that. And all these issues are making us wonder. So I just want us to bring back to center this morning to remind ourselves that there is a God and there is a bomb in Gilead and there is a God who is for us. And the word is going to remind us and reassure us these next few weeks that if God is for us, who can be against us. Economic uncertainty will never prevail. We are survivors. Generation after generation, we emerge and come out of these economic destructive forces that come against us. We emerge against social forces and political uncertainty. And if that is the case, then if God be for us, then who can be against us? 
So let me tell you, before we go into that, I'm going to introduce myself. If this is your first time listening to Down to Earth, and if this is your first time watching, my name is Harriet Kamak. I'm an author and I'm a speaker. For more information, you can go to my website, HarrietKamak.com, as well as the ExodusFoundation.com. You can find me on a plethora of social media platforms. In addition to hosting Down to Earth, I'm also the founder of the Exodus Foundation. It's an organization through which we provide services to women in our community, women who are in need of relief services, women who are in need of shelter and therapy. So I invite you to become a part of our movement. Go to my website, theexodusfoundation.com. From there, you can find more information. You can also find my books on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Wherever in the world you are, my books are translated into your language. And I want to thank you so much for those of you who are, who are supporting us, whether you're in Denmark, Australia, whether you're in Kenya, the United States, the United Kingdom, Canada, <laughs> Japan, wherever you are in Bangladesh and Singapore, wherever you are, and this broadcast reaches you. I want you to know that there is a bomb in Gilead and that God is for us. Amen. Amen. So I want to take you into the scriptures this morning. And this is a well-known passage of scripture. In fact, if, if I'm going to be totally transparent here, it's my favorite chapter in the entire Bible. Bible. The Bible is made up of 66 books. My favorite book of the Bible is the book of Romans. Why? Because Romans is like a Christian roadmap. It's like a roadmap that tells you where to go, where to go. It has signposts along the way. My favorite scripture in the entire Bible is Romans chapter 8. I find that I tend to gravitate back towards it when stuff is uncertain or when I feel shaky or when I feel like I need to be reassured of where God is and where God is with me at this point. So I want to take you into Romans chapter 8. And when I say this, you're going to recognize it. Romans chapter 8, verse 31. So the preceding verses of Romans chapter 8 tells us who we are. Remember earlier I said that Romans is a Christian roadmap. The preceding verses of Romans chapter 8 tell us who we are. It tells us what to expect of God when we hit situations. But guess what it does? It tells us who we are within the context of God. It gives us, it tells us that we are in the mind of God, that we are in the spirit of God, and that God is hastening to come to us and assure us of who we are. So I want to take you right slam dunk into this this morning because I feel like this is something we need to hear. This is something that we need to be assured of. It can't be we're all in cataclysmic events. I mean, I live in Michigan. In the United States, Michigan is in the Midwestern part of the United States. So we're in the Northern part of the United States, right below Canada, if you will. And the first few weeks of January from December onwards, I don't think, I can't remember that we had a white Christmas, to be honest. We were so shocked because it was so unseasonal weather. So we, I began to worry because I'm like, is it, is it gonna be snow? I want snow because snow reassures me that everything ecologically is all right. Right, And so we watched as the weather is changing. And so we look at other states where they don't have tornadoes in Houston in January. Yeah, but they did. Then you look at other states that are experiencing flooding. Typically, California doesn't flood in January. That happens from back in October, but it did. When you look at all these, econo these, these cataclysmic weather patterns, it makes us feel shaken up just a bit. 
It makes us wonder. And this is what I want us to focus on. It comes down to this right now, that right where you are, right in the midst of everything swirling around you, God is for us. Listen to what the writer says in Romans chapter 8, verse 31. It says, when, what then shall we say to these things? I'm reading the New King James Version of the Bible. And it says, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you right now to dwell on these things. I ask our people, my people, your people to dwell on these things. You are with us. You are for us. And you are with us in these situations, these life situations we find ourselves in. We pray for those who have experienced job losses. Oh God, all 50,000 people who have been let go by the Robert Brotherhood of Big Tech. We ask Jesus that you work it out for people who have lived in this country for more than 15 years, 11 years. 10 years and who now find themselves at the mercy of the judicial system and the mercy of the immigration system. We ask, oh God, that you work it out for people, oh God, in the name of Jesus. When we human beings turn our backs on one another, I ask, oh God, that you come right smack in the midst and work it out for the people. Work it out for someone this morning, oh God, who is in need of surgery. Someone for whom the doctor has made a pronouncement in the name of Jesus. Heal your people, oh God. Make provisions, oh God. Heal us, O God, from the crowns of our heads to the soles of our feet. Heal our minds, O God. Bring relief to the people. Provide for the people this day. And we command every sickness, every disease to be dried up now in the name of Jesus. We command that every mental malaise, every mental struggle disappear and people come back to their right minds. I pray right now that you cancel every destructive firing that would take place, O God, eliminating people's jobs cancel it right now in the name of Jesus and bring your people back to a position, oh God, where we're going to look up and say, if God be for us in the name of Jesus, we settle all these things at the foot of the cross. And we ask you, oh God, as you deliberate to look down upon us and see that we need you, Jesus. And we give you all the praise and we give you all the glory in Jesus mighty name. Amen. If God be for us, who can be against us? I can't begin to tell you in my own personal story how many times in my life that I've had to hold on to these words. This is the very same scripture and this chapter that I found myself imprinted on. I have been called by God to come and preach this gospel. I know it's unusual because in the Bible, they always tell us that they don't see women doing this. And then I was an uncommon woman. I am a woman of color and I'm a woman who is divorced. So I lived like a widow with children. Amen. I was hated and reviled by men because I didn't participate in the activities that they thought I should participate. And I didn't run from one man to the other and so on. So they hated me for that. So when I didn't play their games, then they picked on me and alienated me. So then it continued the alienation where I couldn't financially support myself. But you know what I didn't do? I didn't run to them anyhow. I still waited on God to drop manna from heaven. It didn't always come when I wanted it. Sometimes it didn't come at all, but God dropped the manna. Anyway, it was inconvenient and it made my children even have issues with me. And I had to deal with all of that. But I kept telling myself that if God be for us, 
then who can be against us? I have been abandoned by the man who said he loved me. He left me with children to raise and he made sure he declared himself an indigent so he didn't have to pay alimony and he didn't have to pay for child support. I'm just telling you the truth. All I could say, God be for us then who can be against us? When I asked people to do things for me and they turned their backs, human beings who they could have helped, they could have stopped. So often in our lives, it's not just that other people do what's wrong. Is that nobody turns around to do good. Somebody is standing there who sees the situation and they know they're standing right there in place where they could help and they don't do any help. You might be one of them. You're sitting there perusing somebody's application for a job. You know that this person has been out of work and you know that you hiring them is going to do what? It's going to remove economic destruction. Yeah. But you are sitting in a seat, what you consider power. And instead of helping someone, you throw it away. So now what you've done is send people back into the circle to feel like there is no help for them. There's nothing. So people now are continually blowing their brains out, shooting themselves, swallowing pills, hurting themselves because they feel like there is no hope. So when we human beings, some of us could step in and do something about somebody else's condition, we choose not to do it because we think that we have power. So we're going to show them how powerful we are or we're envious or jealous. I'm just telling the truth. And we feel like, well, if I take them in here, they're so much more qualified than me that they might take my job. Lady and gentlemen, you might just be saving someone's life. So if you really want to feel powerful, think of yourself as their savior at the moment. So tomorrow, when you go back to work and you are in a position to hire someone, you're in a position to decree a bank loan, you're in a position to promote someone, think of the power thrill that you are saving someone's life. Sometimes people like to say, well, God comes down. God works through people. And sometimes he is nudging people and telling people to do something. But you know what? We have that free will. It's that free will that destroys us. It's that free will that says, nah, I'm not going to do that. You know that you're giving someone $5 can help them. You know that if you agree to increase someone's salary, it's going to help them. And you still choose not to do. So for, the re- for those of us now who recognize that I'm sitting across the table from someone who can determine whether or not I get a job. You know what I have to say when you look in my face as human to human and tell me no? What do I say? If God be for us, who can be against us? Someone is desperate enough with their business on the line. Their whole living is on the line. They have children in school. They have a business to take care of. They have employees who work for them. They have housing that they have to worry about. And they walk into your bank to ask for a loan, a loan of extension, knowing that it takes time for things to turn around. And you're in the position of power to determine that. And you say no. I'm asking you to consider and to put yourself and subrogate yourself for just a moment and imagine that if you were God, just imagine if you were God, what would you do? Many years ago, they came up with a slogan, what would Jesus do? And I thought, I thought light of it because I'm like, don't even say it because many of us don't even act like Jesus. We couldn't even begin to imagine what it means because to think like Jesus means I have to put away everything that I think about myself, put away my own needs and think of someone else. 
I myself have benefited from people across the spectrum. I kid you not. Many years ago when my ex-husband was violating me and I had to go to work, it was a group of women, lesbians, we like to call them now, who saw my need. And what do you think they did? They looked beyond the fact. And what they did was they pointed me in the right direction of where the need is. I kid you not, that saved my life. You know what it did? It got me out of an abusive marriage where my life was physically threatened and it saved my mental health. If God be for us, who can be against us? God uses anybody. So the rest of the company was calling her a lesbian. But you know what? She had human compassion. I'm saying all of that because there are people right now who are in need and we disparage against people because we don't like them. We don't like their color. We don't like their eye color. We don't like their looks. We don't like how they wear their hair. We don't like their sexual orientation. We don't like how they choose to identify themselves. Look, their need is outside of that. Their need is greater than that. Help someone be a fellow human to someone else. You're driving down the road. I'm not asking you to come out of your car and help people who could stick you up. I'm not asking you to do that. I am saying drive down the road and call 911 and let 911 go and help them. Amen. Just make the phone call. Amen. I am saying to all of us where we can, we need to what? Intersect people's lives and do good. The Bible says right here, moreover, in the preceding verse, it says, moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. And those whom he called, he justified. So you're looking at the person sitting across from you who is applying for a job. You And you want to feel powerful. Here's a way you can feel powerful. You think that person is called and justified to do this job. If God be for us, my friends, ladies and gentlemen, when the world fails us, when people fail us, let us learn to look up and say, if God be for us. Before you walk into that interview, ask yourself, is this the right position for me? Am I applying for the right job? It may be that you say, well, I am valued at $25 an hour. I'm valued at $45,000 a year, or I'm valued at $150,000, $350,000 a year. It doesn't matter. Ask yourself, if this is the right position for me, if God be for us, then nobody can be against me. If they deny you the job, say what? If God be for us, who can be against me? Hey, say it. If God be for me, who can be against me? So they deny you the loan. What do you say? If God be for me, who can be against me? Your spouse chooses to walk out on you. Say what? If God be for me, who can be against me? That what that does is inserts in your mind and clear create in our minds a clear picture of who we are, that God is indeed for us. Don't listen to the naysayers who tell you that God hates you. The Bible says God hates the sin. He doesn't hate the person who is committing the sin. He hates the sin. So whatever we did that was wrong, we lied, we killed someone, we shouldn't have, we did all the things we shouldn't have. God hates the actions, but he has compassion on us. If he didn't have compassion on us, the Bible wouldn't say he has poured out his spirit upon all flesh. He poured his own son out, Jesus, on all of us so that we recognize that God is for us. I have news for you. I know it looks like in our world today, you say, but Harriet, I'm struggling. I'm, stu I'm struggling with everything. Harriet, I don't have any money tomorrow. Join the club. 
There are millions and millions of people who are saying that same cry. But Harriet, my spouse is on a bed in a hospital room. I don't know what's going to happen. There are millions of you, God be for you, who is against you. So I want to ask you this question. So as we go through this, what are you going to say to yourself? If God be for me, who can be against me? There are so many of us right now who are sitting in a seat of, 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 of decision. We have a decision to make. We're sitting here contemplating, what am I going to do? Let me, can I just ask you this? I'm just going to pray with you. If God be for you, who can be against you? You might have to let go of the house. You might have to let go of the job. It's calling. You look like it's setting up, like it's going to lose you. If God be for you, who can stop you? You have to ask yourself, is this the right position? If this is not the right position, then I'm going to wait on God to bring the right one. And I'm not going to lose my mind. And I'm not going to say anything because God is on my side. They have ganged up against you on the job. And they are trying to push you out. If God be for you, who can be against you? Again, the question is, am I in the right place? Am I in the place at the moment where God wants me to be? Where God has positioned for me? Sometimes the place where you are, you are teaching them a lesson. Sometimes you're on that job, but you're not there just for yourself. You're a guide and a light to someone else who might be in a dark place. Sometimes we're going along our lives and you don't realize the light that is shining out of you. You don't realize that your smile changes someone's day. Your encouraging words changes someone's perception. You don't know someone comes up on your mind, text them. You don't know that at that moment you have just created an intersection and you have saved somebody's life. Yes, God uses people and so does the devil. The devil comes and uses people and get into people's heads and you wonder why people become so cross sometimes and won't help others. Clearly, I have a need for a job. Clearly, I'm a woman with children for with who need a job. Same thing. You are finding yourself in the same position. That's what I used to say to myself all those years ago. Why then can't the heavens crack open? If God be for me, who can be against me? I imagine that many of my detractors are so amazed now to see me here. And I don't boast about it. No, I'm okay. I survived. That was the lesson. Because I believe that if God be for me, then who can be against me? I know this is going to be your story. I know you are going to say the same thing, Harriet. I found out. So what I want you to say these next few weeks, every time something comes up, what are you going to say? If God be for me, then who can be against me? Who? Who? The devil? Who? The devil in your in your boss? The devil in your spouse? The devil in your auntie, your mother-in-law? The devil? Who is the person on the job next to you? The devil driving up beside you on the freeway who is trying to cut you off. If God be for you, as you walk about your life, as you wake up in the mornings, let me explain something to you, my friends. Our days are framed by our words and our thoughts. Start thinking along the lines of what you want to happen. So before you go to bed at night, say what? If God be for me, who is against me? I want a good day. I want a good outreach. I want a good example. I want a good outcome of this situation and name the situation. And then when you wake up in the morning, you say, Father, in the name of Jesus, if God is for me, then who can be against me? If God is on my side, then nobody can take my right mind. Nobody can take my health. Nobody. I will not eat what is not good for me. I will not be with people who are not good for me. I am going to have a good outcome. I am going to have a good day. I am believing God for you. 
I am believing that God is going to exact to you exactly what you deserve and more than you deserve. You are faithful. You have taken care of your family. God sees your need. You are worried. You are stressed. Stop right now. Stop. That is not your role. Your role is not to be worried. Your role is not to be stressed. Is it easier said than done? Look at the gray hairs in my head. That tells you how easier, much easier it is to say than it is done. But even I, when I come off the mountain, I have to go into myself and remind myself if God is for us, who can be against us? I have to believe God. I have to say, Harriet, I, you know, I I tried, Lord, I, I failed. But then he comes back and he says, Harriet, who do you believe? You know, there's a song we used to sing in church that says, whose report will you believe? And the song rhetorically answers, we shall believe the word of the Lord. We shall believe the report of the Lord. So whose report are you going to believe? Are you going to believe this report in Romans 8 and 31, which was written before you and I were even born, which was written before our parents were born, where it says, if God be for us, if God is for us, who can be against us? What shall we then say to these things as we look across the world at the economic constraints of everything that is happening to us? What shall we say if God is for us? So they wake up, you wake up Monday morning, just like we all woke up the first three weeks of January and Big Tech says they're going to fire over 50,000 people indiscriminately. And all those people represent a family, don't they? They represent somebody's mortgage, somebody's rent, somebody's food, somebody's grocery, somebody's carnal, somebody's security, somebody's housing security. If God is for us, I know it's difficult for you to sit on the side of the bed as you're watching this and you say, Harriet, what am I going to do? Here's what you're going to say. Do this. Take a deep breath. Let it out. And the next thing you're going to say is if God is for me, who can be against me? It makes no sense. You go back down there and try to shoot people up and say it is their fault why you have lost a job. Stop. Don't do that. Don't do that. You are hurting yourself and you're hurting those who love you. Don't do that. And you say, but Harriet, no one loves me. That's not true. There is someone. His name is Jesus. He loves you. So don't do that. What you do instead is say, if God is for me, then who can be against me? So they don't want me to have this job. So they want to take it away from me. There are other jobs. May not pay you as much as you would want to be paid. But if it is going to help you, then take it. If it means you have to go on unemployment for a while, maybe you need to relax and not be so stressed out a little bit. God always infinitely knows. You know what I found out, ladies and gentlemen? For the years when I didn't have a full-time job, you know what I found out? I'm way better. I have less stress and I am not subject to the stresses that many of my friends and colleagues have been exposed to over time that could prove debilitating in illnesses, in the form of illnesses. I didn't like it and I paid a price for it. Yes, the price might have been emotional, but you know what? My mental health is intact and my health, thank the Lord, is intact. So before we go, I want to pray with you. I'm going to pray that Father, in the name of Jesus, whatever it is that my friend needs, I'm praying right now that you solve that problem. Bring somebody an expedited, supernatural, overnight, expeditious, 24-hour answer 
a 24-hour miracle to somebody right now in the name of Jesus. There's somebody for whom this is life or death. Jesus sent someone to touch and agree with them right now in Jesus' name. Send somebody to answer that prayer. Someone is in need of a $3,000 check right now. In Jesus' name, send it to them. Somebody is in need of $30 right now. Send it to them. Somebody is in need of $300,000. Send it to them right now in the name of Jesus. I stretch my faith out and believe God that that miracle you expect, that that surgery you are about to have, that you need the money for, that they will call you and tell you that you don't need to pay for it. It is done in the name of Jesus. If God be for us, then who can be against us? Be blessed, everybody.